Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins hockey talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. What's up, Bruins fans? Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 281. We had uh, a little hiatus last week. Uh, took a little bit of an off-season break, but we're back talking Boston Bruins hockey today. We have my boy, Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin, what up, what up? Yo, yo, man. It's been a while. Excited to go. Let's do it. I know. Absolutely. Lots of, lots of things to talk about uh, today, and uh, we have some fantastic guests that are joining us. We have Andrew, and I'm not even going to try to say his name. Andrew, how do you say your last name, bud? It is just like it's spelled, Peter Kim. Peter with Peter K I N. Yeah, Andrew. very easy. Yeah. And 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 Andrew's joining us from the uh, the beautiful British Columbia, Canada area. So thank you very much for your time today, and and obviously getting up a little early, uh, or doing this earlier uh, to get this done. I thought you were on the in the Maritimes. I'm just like oh, we're going to be in the whale, wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also we have Jason Brennan. Jason, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where are you located in the FLA area? Uh, Central Florida, about an hour outside of Orlando. Originally that's from Boston, though. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. We're covering all aspects of North America in this program. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, we do have a lot of uh, topics to to go over, as we as I discussed earlier. Uh, but before we get to all that sweet Boston Bruins hockey talk, we do have to hear from Shell Sponsor BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline.ag continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and all the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. 
BetOnline.ag is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to get the bonus and get in the action. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. All right, we just heard me babble about our amazing show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. There's PGA Tour Golf. There's there's still Stanley Cup playoffs going on, and you can place a wager on all that fantastic action. There's even baseball, and I think basketball is still playing. So if you're into all that jazz, uh, go to BetOnline.ag and use that code CLNS50. It does us a great deal of service, and uh, please bet responsible. So we are here. And uh, why don't we just jump right in with some recent news? Um, Patrice Bergeron has been making a lot of news lately uh, with speculations of him coming back. And if not, and what's going, we don't know, we don't have much clarity of what's going on there. But I, I do have a, a feeling that Bergeron is the type of player that would not want to take, you know, um, a retirement away from what's going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Those guys are busting ass in the postseason. But I believe that once the playoffs are over, uh, that he's going to probably make it make up his mind on, on where what he's going to do, either retire or come back for a year. But that there's so much talk about that. But I most definitely most recently, I'm sorry, is the news about last night. I believe that he went to an MMA fight, went into the ring, shook hands with someone, but he had an air cast on his arm. Hmm. Has anybody seen that? I haven't. Yeah, you I nobody's seen it. it? You Andrew, you I saw it? it. They have. I've yeah. seen it as well. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I mean, I mean, we know he's like a bionic man and so on. Is this guy going to come in and just, you know, uh, like, like, um, what was that game back in the day when the finish him, you know? But anyway, oh, and Mortal Mortal Kombat. Kombat. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Just go in there with a bionic arm and just kick ass. But a uh, little bit of a cause for concern. I, I know Patrice. Uh, you know, he's he's a warrior. And he, every year he goes through something, um, you know, uh, some injury and so on as he ages. But he's still uh, one of the, if not the best, two-way center in the league. Um, concerns about that, um, Kevin? Not really. Um, I mean, this guy has recovered from a punctured lung before. So I think whatever's going on there, it's probably something that's on there just for maybe a few weeks to maybe a month, you know, something like that, just to kind of. Well, hopefully not even that long, but just some, just something. I don't know exactly what it could be either, but um, I, it doesn't cause any concern for me. How about Andrew? Yeah, sort of the same as what Kevin was was mentioning. You know, he's just every season he's going through some form of recovery from something or another, and the injury doesn't concern me. The whether he returns, period, or just hangs them up. That's what that's what's concerning me more than the injury, mm. whatever it might be itself. So. And Jason, how about your thoughts? I'm not too concerned. Uh, like Kevin said, you know, over the playoffs and the season, you get nicked up. I don't think it's anything long term, so I'm not too concerned. I am concerned also um, if he's going to return or not. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, I, I me too. You know, I, I I really want this the core to have one more. I mean, I know the most of the core has been splitting up and so on, but 
some of the members that are still here, I, I believe can still serve a purpose by teaching the younger kids and, and you know, him and Marshan and um, just the leaders that they're, they're just awesome leaders. And, and I, I want to see them all back together and go for it for one more time, because to me, this is the time where the Boston Bruins need to address certain needs. Like I know that they went through and over the off season, but, and uh, made some signings and so on, but I consider those like band-aid types of signings, you know, your two, your three year deals and so on. I want to see some more impactful signings during the offseason, even if you have to get aggressive with trades and so on. I, I And I know that we don't have a ton of assets to make these these deals, but we got to put together a team because if Bergeron's coming back, he's got to be saying to, to Sweeney and Neely and, and ownership, like, this is my this is probably going to be my last year going. Let's let's do what we can. But then again, Bergeron's not like that. Right. I mean, I don't even know who they're going to target as far as trades go. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Winnipeg, but who knows what they're doing. Um, I haven't heard much uh, trade speculation for other places. And then when you turn to the um, to the free agency, I mean, you got Evgeny Malkin. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the list here. You've got Malkin. You've got Giroux. Obviously, Bergeron, you're hoping he returns and continues. You have... Um, Forsberg, uh, Trocek, Kadri, uh, Ryan Strom. There's actually one name, though, that has kind of surfaced a little bit uh, per Elliot Friedman about not getting a qualifying offer, and that is um, Dylan Strom, Ryan Strom's brother there. So, I mean, he looked pretty good um, playing on the top line there. So that could be something that Sweeney could look at. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I think for me, one thing that I really, really found is lacking with this lineup, and it has been for a couple of years, is it, it's toughness. It's, and I don't mean that they're, I don't mean that they're soft, that they shy away from contact. I just mean that this is a team that outside of McAvoy, and I love Lazar too, but this team has next to no toughness. So I want to see, they can get pushed around and nobody responds. And I want to see that addressed. I know that will probably come in the form of a fourth liner. Um, and obviously that's not the biggest need, but this team every year in the playoffs just gets, they just do not have the personnel to push their way to the front of that. And they have nobody who absolutely despises an opponent standing in front of theirs. And I want to see that D-man or that forward who is willing to do anything to stand in front of the net or the D-man to get somebody out, out outside of their crease. And, you know, and you know, I, I don't know. I like As much as I can't stand saying this, having a cadre on this team, you know, at least, you know, as, as crazy as he seems to be at different times, the guy plays like he cares. And uh, and this team could do far worse than getting a cadre. I really like Trocek. I think he plays with a little bit of grit. Definitely has some good hands, but... I don't know. This whole cap thing this summer with all these LTIRs has me so confused that I don't know what they, even what they're able to do. So, yeah. To bet Dom's not here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we miss, we miss the dominator. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah. Um, I really like Dylan Strom. Um, so going back, you know, before when Jake DeBrus, you know, said that he wanted out, 
I was saying, you know, the one for one swap, you know, with Chicago, I was really big on him. But the thing is, he's not completely consistent. He's still a young guy, but he was producing on that first line when Chicago started was out of it, you know, and I, I really see potential there. And then I also saw on Twitter, um, I don't know if you guys follow, but um, I think it's NHL watch. I know Bruins network, uh, uh, wrote something about Dylan Strome, but they also said that New Jersey was considering letting Miles Woodwalk and also uh, Pavel Zaka, two still young guys as well. I think they're all 24. Um, those are guys, you know, that play a hard game um, other than Strome, you know, and those are potential guys that I really, you know, would look at, you know. they're I think they're both $3.5 million uh, qualifying offers right now, but if they walk, you know, I'm sure they're going to sign a lot cheaper because they haven't been completely consistent. Yeah, but I, I would definitely. Oh, sorry. I would definitely. You know, we, there's there's more. You know, to this team, we need those guys that get in, like Andrew said, get inside. Um, I think we addressed a lot with um, getting Lindholm. You know, he seems to get some bodies out of the crease. So I'm thinking forward is you know the big thing that we need here. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with the Kadri idea, and it's not just because he he um, is having a career year um a regular season and even in the playoffs he's still being productive um and you know and he can play he can fill that 2c in my opinion very well and he adds that that element of nastiness to his game i'm not a big fan of the player at all but when you when you see his game and what he's doing um there's a lot of good things that, that that's there and and it might not be might not come from a player that's a little bit younger up the middle that's going to want like seven or eight million dollars later on, but maybe a, um, a two or three year deal, the four or five million dollar range. I, I'm not sure if, if that's something that he and agent would do, but still, it's um, it's an attractive thing to look at. Uh, also, I, I'm keeping an eye on Andrew Kopp. You know, from uh, he came from the Winnipeg Jets to the uh, new the New York Rangers, and. Um, I think the Rangers are going to be in a little bit of cap trouble, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to uh, retain his services at all. So that might be an, an option too. I like the Strom idea, but I'd rather go uh, with with players that are are producing points more regularly. We need point per game players if we're going to get forwards like that. And uh, to touch on the a Andrew and Jason and, and and Kevin, I know that you have a little bit of concern about this too. Is is the is the aggressiveness the toughness and it's, like i said it's not like andrew said it's not going to be from a player that's going to like drop the gloves all the time and and they only get three or four minutes a night we need people like miles wood we need people like revo you know um uh coleman uh and 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 uh even patrick maroon that guy's probably going to win four straight stanley cups that's freaking crazy and he's only making a million dollars so you maybe know, those are yeah, those are the things that I think that they need to be a little more aggressive in. I wasn't always like that. I always thought in my head because I'm 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 sick like this, but more goals than the other team wins games. And I want to see that. I want to see lines 1, 2 and 3 produce while your fourth line is just out there causing havoc on the first line and making their their uh, day miserable. I mean, that's just the way it should be. I mean, if you on paper, yeah, it, it sounds great, but now you got to go out and do it. But to be honest with you guys, I'm going to tell you right now: if we're going to make this Boston Bruins team any better, it's got to be via trade. We got to we got to shed cap. Yeah. What do you think? And I think 
I think Riley's going to be the one who would go regardless of Grizzly being out for five months. And that's because his timetable to recover is three months compared to that five months. I'm not sure if teams are going to really bite. They they could still bite on Grizzly. I mean, I don't really know which one would go, but one of Mike Riley or Matt Grizzly has got to go for sure. Um, And then from there, I'm not sure what else they're going to do. I mean, I, I like Nick Foligno. I think he's a fantastic guy to have in your room. Those intangibles are unmatched, but uh, at 3.8, he's got to give me a little more. Um, And that specifically little more is on the offensive side of the game. He doesn't have to put up 40, 50, 60 points, but give me 35 points on a third or on a third line, or maybe 25 points on a fourth line. And I'll allow the rest of your money to, you know, be put towards that other stuff that you do. Because uh, the guy is great for that locker room, especially a team that, especially if Bergeron goes out, you got to think of this too. If Bergeron leaves to retirement, because that is a um, a thing that could happen here, you gotta you gotta have more leadership. Nick Foligno is the type of guy who can keep that leadership going, along with a Brad Marchand. I think um, Carlo has stepped up well in that leadership position, as well as uh, McAvoy as well. So um, I think he's got to stick around. I do, but. It really depends for me on, I mean, if they were able to get a trade to get him out, I mean, I think maybe you just do it just to maybe gain a little bit more cap room. You can still find that type of, um, that, that type of intangible that you're looking for with the leadership, but I don't know. I don't know what they can do. I like the cadre idea. I do. Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering how much he's going to make, uh, coming off a year like this, what is going to be the dollar value there? That's my one concern. Um, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, he had 87 points in 71 games. And that's 28 goals, 59 assists. I think that's um, a guy that would slot very well in between a, maybe a Pasternak in a hall or a hall and whoever else. So it's definitely something to look at. Andy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, same thing. I mean, I, you know, last summer when they signed Felino, I, I was on board with it, and I still am for some of the reasons that Kevin said. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that within the locker room and with younger players, you know, from everything that we hear, he's 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 amazing, and he's nothing but helpful. He's there to you know to help guide, coach, and mentor along. Um, I thought, I honestly thought, even though he hadn't put up a lot of points in the last few years, I thought in the in this system, with him on the third line, he'd, have, he'd be going up against opponents' third D pairing more often than not, um, that he should have been able to put up 20 to 30 points. And I thought that would be that would be good. I'd take that eight days a week. And it just didn't happen, you know. And, and I don't know. Like, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'd love to have that $3.8 million available. But as Kevin was stating, if Bergeron doesn't come back and if they were to move Felino, like, that's that's a – it's a big voice in that dressing room. Yeah, they still have Marshawn, and Pasternak's going to be a year older. I don't know. I think Pasta's a great guy, and I think he's loved in that room. I'm not sure if he is a, like, you know, that born leader kind of guy. Like, I don't know if he has that in him. I think he is a, a, a hugely popular guy, but that's that's different than being a leader. And so, uh, Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, and so I think, I think they need to, 
you know, again, I love, like, Felino seems like an, he's hard to dislike. How can you not like him as a human being? I just, that production was nowhere near acceptable for 3.8 mil. And I don't know who would take that deal, you know, and I think that Grizzlick would have, if he was not injured, been the more attractive, you know, trade, trade target for other teams, but uh, out for five months and the fact that every playoff, and it's no fault of his own. He, you know, he can't get bigger. He's not going to get taller and suddenly be six three and two thirty. It's he just takes a pounding, and that body, you know, he's not saw. He'll go into those corners, and he just takes pounding after pounding. So Riley's going to have to be the one that that hopefully a team will bite on to get a little bit of that cap freedom. But yeah, it's it's tough. Again, I, I just I'd hate to lose Felino in the manner that I think he's a great locker room guy, but. Man, that almost four million dollars of space could be gold and two. So we'll see. Jason? Yeah, um, going back to your point, Mark, I'm not I'm not big on Kadri. I mean, I love what he does, but I want a younger guy. Um, you know, he's hitting those prime years. I want that guy to transition. He may not be like that next guy. I don't want him to be maybe, you know, that just ride that second line, you know. They're not no one's gonna replace Patrice Bergeron, you know. But just someone who has the potential. I just I'm tired of these guys you have to go out and spend so much money for, you know, and you know, they're past their prime, your back is everyone like that. I want a 25, 26 year old who will lead you into the new generation of Bruins, the new leaders. Um, and getting to Nick Felino, I love the guy too, just like you guys. You know, he he's tough as nails, but 3.8 million, man, it's it's so tough. You can get that, you know, in Tampa, you know, living down in Florida, just seeing it with Corey Perry, you know, and Pat Maroon, they're making eight fifty one million. I mean, that's what it costs for those that leadership role. You're not going out and spending three three point eight million, four point million dollars, uh, four million dollars on a player like that. The Bruins expected him to contribute. Him and Frederick, him, they were like, I think they just thought like, all right, these two guys will get into those dirty areas. They'll provide the points, you know, they, with Felino, you know, you may, you may not get 25 goals anymore, like those years in Columbus, but you got that presence on that ice. The players are looking over their shoulder because he's coming in. And then if he could pop 15, you know, that would have been perfect, but it just, it just didn't work out. Um, But I pose this question to you guys. Do you feel like Felino will come back if Bergeron comes back, or do you think they're more likely to move him if Bergeron moves on? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, uh, I'm a Felino guy too. And, you know, he does, he does provide a lot of leadership and so on, but I want to see it more on the ice. Um, but I, I, this is going to be a real tough decision for Bruins management right now. Um, is, is he, is he an option to be bought out to save some of that money? I really hope this book Bruins management doesn't like offer up draft picks to entice another organization to take him much like they did with the, uh, the David Backus, um, um, removal or departure uh, per se. Uh, and if it's a second round pick to get rid of him, I'm going to absolutely go to Boston and ring Sweeney's neck myself. Uh, that was a joke, by the way. I will never do that. Um, but um, yeah, I just—I mean, we we need the, we need as much cap space as possible. You know, you're you're in a, a huge transition year right now, where I think that if you do it properly, you could possibly get higher in the postseason than you did uh, this year. So um, it should be really interesting on how everything works out because you're thinking about players that. 
I call it clock blocking, and I'm sorry if that's offensive to anybody, but <laughs> it's it's almost like the Bruins always go out and get these players in free agency, the, the older ones, the veterans, the guys that have been around and have stories and, and tons to say to the younger crew. But they're not allowing enough of the transition from the American Hockey League level into the Boston Bruins, in my opinion. They need to get more aggressive with that and stop doing this. Because this is what's going to bother me. And I'm not saying that Oscar Steen is the next Wayne Gretzky or anything like that. But Oscar Steen has a deal right now. It's an NHL deal. He has to make the lineup this year or he's exposed to waivers. Now, I do not want to see that kid be lost to waivers and then a $3.8 million Nick Foligno is in the lineup. That's a little rough for me to, uh, to swallow, you know, that we're going to be potentially losing some good talent um you know you, you could put Jakub Sporl into that same uh conversation I would we're, I'm a huge fan of Jakub have been since 2015 don't care about the draft uh, I like the player and and it, it just took him a lot longer to get adjusted to where he is right now but if he doesn't make the lineup same thing same thing it's waivers and and I believe those two players are gonna go and we're probably gonna end up with another year of Nick Felino, which I'm Really not thrilled on, on, on seeing again, but you know, if it happens, maybe this off season is like, Hey, I got to be better. I got to be more of a Boston Bruins type player. So just my thought. Right. Cause there's no, there's no like injury there that is keeping him from being able to produce. Like it's not like he has a long storied, you know, um, concussion history with the Boston Bruins or anything like that. Like a David Backus who came in and uh, got his bell rung, I think three times, um, which a lot of people don't look at when it comes down to that deal. Uh, David Backus, he dealt with tonight. Uh, what was it? Um, uh, diverticulitis. He dealt with that. He dealt with three different concussions. I mean, that guy came in on fire. He was playing like a top six forward. He looked great. And then the first concussion, boom, knocked down a level. Second, boom, sickness, boom, and so forth. And it just got to the point where the guy couldn't even play anymore, and he retired soon after uh, going over to Anaheim. So it's tough, you know, but you hope that Nick Foligno is able to turn around, like you know, like you said. And for the question that you asked when it comes to do I think – he'll be back if Bergeron is back. I don't know because it's a business, and I think all the players understand that, including Patrice Bergeron. Um, I think part of the deal when Patrice Bergeron calls a guy like uh, Nick Foligno and convinces him to come here, a part of that deal is you got to come here and do what you were brought in to do. If you're not, then why – I don't understand why you're in – you know, you're not allowed to be traded or bought out or whatever it is just because Patrice Bergeron called you. It, it That doesn't sit right with me. I don't think it should sit right with any GM if that was the case. I think, you know, the GM's job, Don Sweeney, is to put ice the best team. And if that means Nick Foligno's got to go or sit or go to the AHL or whatever it is, then that's what it's got to be, depending on how Nick Foligno comes out or if he's traded or not. But I – I think it's bad business and bad management if you were to uh, say, "Oh, Felino's staying because Bergeron's here." I, I just don't. I don't. It doesn't sit right with me. Well said. All right, um, let's move on to something uh, a little more interesting, if that's all right. 
and that it's not interesting. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about this news at all, but um, I believe it was on Friday. Uh, the news dropped um, that Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, and uh, Mike Riley were all had uh, successful surgeries. Um, Kevin, you have the details on this, but uh, it's, you know, this is the time to have these surgeries, but some of these surgeries are going to definitely bring you into uh, the upcoming season. So, um, uh, Kevin, why don't you mention how uh, the surgeries and the length of time, please? All right. So don't make fun of me on this one, but McAvoy, uh, I bear with me. I believe it's arthroscopic stabilization. Boom. Bang. Got it. Okay. Got it. So. Charlie McAvoy had the arthroscopic stabilization procedure and the estimated recovery time is six months. Um, and, uh, actually Matt Grizzlick had the same exact surgery on, uh, his right shoulder. It, uh, sta- it was a, uh, yeah, the stabilization procedure. Um, so he's at five months and then Mike Riley has had a right ankle tendon repair and removal of bone fragments. And he is expected to be out three months. So, Riley will start the season if he's still here. Grizzlick will need, uh, you know, maybe a month or so into the season um, to get right. And a guy like McAvoy would be end of November, beginning of December. All right. Let's go around the horn. What do we, what do we think about this? And, I mean, for me, it's the appropriate time to do this. Unfortunately, injuries happen. Surgeries happen. Um, this, the, the beginning of the season is probably not going to be great. Not good hockey on the back end. Uh, probably going to see a lot of uh, the goaltenders being let out to dry because we don't have that exceptional personnel uh, in place. But uh, this is next man up mentality. You know, these guys got to come in, play the, play the systems that they've learned over the years and, and get it done until these, these players get back. Uh, Hampus Lindholm's going to be a heavy minute eater in, in, in the upcoming season. So, um, like I said, I'd rather have it done now than these guys having surgery in freaking February or March and so on when you're potentially going into a postseason year. Um, but uh, let's go. Andrew, what do you think? What do you oh, think? Yeah, this was not uh, <clears throat> wasn't exactly great news to wake up to on, on Friday, that's for sure. Um, there is never a good time. If there is, this would be as good as it's going to get as far as timing goes for having these procedures done. Uh really concerned that it looks so if they're not coming back till november december ish that's a quarter of the season probably another month if let's say everyone comes back exactly what they predicted um another month for these players just to get into game shape maybe even longer than that and up to speed to nhl game speed um I'm, ter- I'm terrified. I don't know what's like this. This could be some of the ugliest Bruins hockey we've seen in quite some time. And it's not, it, I mean, depending, I guess, on what Sweeney does this off season to help stabilize things. The Boros coming back. I'm guessing we're going to see it at a Chan. I don't know if that's how you, a Chan. I don't know how you pronounce it. A Chan. Jack Chan. And, uh, I don't have as much, uh, familiarity with the Providence lineup. I don't know who's down there who might, might come up. Um, you know, I know we hear guys like Lori, but he's down the road. He's committed, I guess, to another year at Ohio state. So yep. he's some time down. So I don't know this is, I mean, I totally understand. They had to get it done. They had to have these surgeries, but uh, yeah, this is, 
I am really, really concerned that this is this could this could be really ugly. And by the time these guys not just come back but are up to speed and at game speed, AHL speed, the season could be could be in peril. And and it may only be December or January that we're looking at, and it could be could be a lot of trouble if other teams are that much ahead of them. It's it's not easy leapfrogging these days. So, anyways, I I hope they all recover super fast, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great. I'm grateful the Orioles coming back and Riley to a degree, but they need, they need some, they need some meat back there in the absence of McAvoy and oh, and Grizz is gone too. It's, yeah, it's going to be tough. Jason. Yeah. Me trying to be an optimistic person here and positive. <laughs> <laughs> I am concerned, but I, I think the players can hold down the fort. And I think this is the first time in a while where we've seen a bunch of spots open at training camp. And depending on, you know, what moves the Bruins make in the offseason, the, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs aren't even over yet. You know what I mean? So we don't even know what the Bruins are doing, you know? Um, I just try to be optimistic and just think, you know, these young players are going to be hungry. Your Steens, you know, your Zaboros, they're going to have to play prominent roles in this lineup for the first couple months. And I think it could be really good motivator for them, you know. So I'm just trying to be optimistic in it, you know. Um, and you have those – you have Hall, you know, still. You have – it's huge that we have Lindholm just being that minutes eater, you know. Him and Carlo are going to be able to play big minutes for this team and see if they can actually gel as a pair, you know. And that's going to be a huge, huge thing because they're going to be playing, you know, 25, 28 minutes a night because, you know, we don't even know what, you know, what your third pair is going to be. And it also, it gives the Bruins a chance to tinker with that power play, you know, and see if you have that next option in a Sean, you know. Can he be a um, power play quarterback in the future? Can he do it right now? We haven't seen this, like, too many of these Providence players up because um, it's been such a veteran-heavy lineup that we don't even know a lot of times what we have in these players. So I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited at the same time. There you go. Kevin, I didn't mean to skip over you. Um, no, go right ahead, bud. <laughs> um, it sucks. That's pretty much what it is. Um, I, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the um, Lindholm-Carlo pairing. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I don't think it really did much for me. They seemed kind of eh. Nothing like McAvoy and, and Lindholm. That pairing is unreal. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that. I think what – I mean, I, 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 too, being a little bit more optimistic here, I think Zaboral is going to inch a lot closer to that top four potential hitting that ceiling of his uh, this upcoming season if he can stay healthy. Um, if he can stay healthy, I'll, I'll, I'll put freaking I'll put $100,000 on it that this guy's going to be a top four guy. I mean, You've been online to AG, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they, got, if they got a buck for it, I'm in. But he um, he he's gonna he looked really good. He's gonna continue to look really good. And I honestly wouldn't mind. And he can play either side. He can play right. He can play left. Both very effectively. Um, he actually in juniors in juniors was playing the right side with Shabbat. Um, and he was the guy who was actually touted more than Shabbat in that draft, which is crazy. Which is why he got taken where he got taken by the Bruins, which a lot of people are you know not saying anyone here um, seems to think that that was some reach or bad pick. Well, no, it wasn't. It was right off the board. It was right where it should have been. But 
Um, Saboral, he's taken a little bit longer to come into his own. He's got a different game than Shabbat. I think maybe at some point in the season, maybe November-ish, maybe late October, depending on how Saboral's doing, throw him up there with Lindholm on that top pairing on the right side. See what you got there. Allow Carlo to drop down and play with, you know, whether it's um, Riley, if he's still here, or if it's a guy like uh, Jack Sean or um, – you know, something like that. But I think Sweeney will probably look to find the Derek Forbert of the right side. I really do. I mean, it's Sweeney. He's going <laughs> to toss $3 million for three years at a defenseman this offseason. And it's probably going to be someone on the right side. Uh, I mean, while you guys are talking, I'll take a look and see what is going on for right side defensemen in the in free agency and stuff like that to kind of get yeah. a picture of uh, – what Sweeney is going to be doing up uh, late nights. Kevin, why is it Carl Klingberg? Carl? Yeah. Oh, isn't that his first name? I thought he was a right. John. Defenseman. John. John Klingberg. John, okay, yeah. at, at least I got the Klingberg right. <laughs> I mean, why is it going to be him? Yeah, I'd love to um, I mean, it will be him depending on the price. It could be him depending on the price. I don't know how much he's going to be looking for, but he's only he's making like four he, something right now. Yeah, it seems like I don't know if he wants more than that or less than that. I don't know. I'm not sure where he's at, but I mean, it would definitely fit a need. He's definitely, I, I wouldn't say he's a top pairing guy anymore, but he could be one of those guys who can fill in on that second pairing for sure. And then, you know, once McAvoy's back, you got a hell of a third pairing defenseman there. Um, you know, who should probably be a, a you know, a fourth, uh, like a, a number four guy in your defense. So, right. I mean, that that's me, it could be an option. Let me uh, let me bounce right in here real quick, and I just want to get back to what Andrew was talking about earlier and the um, the the depth down in Providence right now. Um, you got Michael Callahan who came in from Providence. Uh, I, I thought he was a good player with the team on an ATO. He'll be on uh, a full contract next season. I'm not sure if that's going to be an option to come up while these defense, these three defensemen are going to be, or at least two of them are going to be recovering from injuries. Um, Victor Berglund is one that I, I thought took a huge step this year uh, in the beginning of the season. I know he was a lot of penalty trouble, just getting used to the North American game because he wasn't able to come over from, uh, from Sweden uh, due to the uh, pandemic. Uh, Jack Ashan currently or has a contract, but as of the 13th, does not have a contract. So uh, they're going to be negotiating with him. Nick Wolf, I don't see him coming back. I think that that was just a, a project. They saw a big, big, burly defenseman, and they took a chance on him, much like they did with Wiley Sherman back in the day. Uh, I, I don't see him coming back at all. Cody Curran is uh, rumored to be going overseas, and Tyler Lewington, I don't know. So uh, to answer your question, Andrew, very thin. Good. Very thin. So I got that list for you guys. Um, so for right shot defensemen, you have PK Subban. No thanks. Chris Letang, not going to happen. Johnny Boychuk, he's dead, I think. No. Um, no. I love you, Boychuk. Yeah. We're a big Johnny fan. I haven't heard from you in a while. Um, and you got, let's see, you got. Klingberg, like you were talking about there, he's 6'3", 190 pounds. Uh, so he's Mobile. got um, a little bit of size there to him for sure. Uh, you got Josh Manson. I mean, that would be a hell of a pickup. Yes. It's 6'3", 224. 
guy can bang bodies. Um, you have Justin Schultz, um, Old Bruin Colin Miller, Connor Murphy. Uh, oh, here's one that will give. No, never mind. That's left shot. Um, <laughs> Ethan Bear. Now that's yeah, an interesting so. one. Just Justin Braun. That's one that people were kind of talking a little bit about at the deadline. So there's some options. Um, there's definitely some names there that I, I could totally see uh, Don Sweeney busting out the uh, the copy of the uh, three and three deal to throw at somebody. So we'll see what happens. But I really do think he's definitely going to be looking at a right shot defenseman. I really do. Yep. Yep. Andrew, what are, what are your thoughts on shoring up the D? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. Oh, sign, I am sign me up for a, a piece of Manson right now. Put him, yeah. you know, he can't, I don't think he can play top four, but the only thing that concerns me is of course, forwards, you know, back there. And, and I, I don't know, we need some toughness. We need somebody who will make life miserable for anybody to, who wants to come in front of Swayman and Olmark. And we just don't, you know, Lindholm, or, uh, yeah, Lindholm makes it, you know, with that big body makes it tough, but he doesn't make people pay a big price. There's a difference between making it difficult to get to the front of that and, but, and making somebody pay a price for standing there when they do get there. And I, we don't have that, you know, McAvoy can get a little nasty. Carlos, I, I really like Carlo, but he's not, he's not nasty. You know, I want someone who just makes you pay a price and, Manson fits that bill. I mean, just watch what he's doing, you know, in this series versus Edmonton. There's nobody going near the front of the net. Nobody. So, yeah. I'm McAvoy a- should be arrested for what he does to people. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's great. I can't believe it doesn't rub off. I think it's – you either have that to your game or you don't. I don't think you can learn that kind of, you know, nasty. Like, I think you've got it or you don't. And Charlie, he's got it. You know, I like it. Lizelle's got it, and I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised when you see how nasty this guy. He needs to pick his spots a little better. He he's got it, but he's not a defenseman, and he's not ready for NHL yet. But right, Jason. Wow. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. I I feel like when we signed Forbert, I love the guy what he's done in the playoffs. But they were like, all right, he's going to be, you know, he's big. He's you know, six four and two hundred and twenty pounds. He got snarled. He doesn't have it. Carlos, 6'5", like 230. He doesn't have it. You know, great guy, great defenseman. <laughs> but it's like, I think what you were saying, Andrew, like, I think they're like, they think like, all right, this guy's just magically going to be like a nasty player. And that's why I love uh, Josh Manson. He's he's tough as nails. Uh, just watching him, you know, over the years, um, you know, he's just, he hits people and he just, he does not care. He'll drop the gloves. Uh, he'll do, you know, whatever it takes. Um and he, he, he could be a fringe top four. I mean, I feel like if it was a little earlier in his career, you know, he was more of a top four guy. But, I mean, he's a little bit later in his career. Um, and for Klingberg, I just – I'm pretty sure I heard reports, you know, out of Dallas that they were saying he was turning down upwards of like five, five and a half million for like four or five years. I mean, I don't think that's an option. And I don't think he's that tough guy that you need. He's more of that transition guy. And we have that with Lindholm. We have that with Grizzlick. You know, but we definitely need that because, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw reports. I mean, I'm just 
especially during uh, trade deadline season. I'm just refresh on the computer, refresh, 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 like every two <laughs> seconds. And they were they were dangling um, Clifton, so you know, maybe there was you know Manson was out there. I mean, not. I mean, I have no accurate reports on it, but you know, I I would love to see him in a Bruins uniform. He's awesome, and he's just what um, Colorado needed in these playoffs. I know, I know, Klingberg is um, not gonna uh, want a, a bank. You know what I mean? His his yeah. next deal, but I know he wants term. He wants like seven, eight year kind of deal. And you know, uh, I think that's you know the, the final nest egg. No, I, I get you, Kevin. Oh, I get you. you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Know, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. But it's right. gonna be an interesting I mean, off season, regardless. Isn't he thirty already? Too like he's. I think he's been around for a while. <laughs> on, on uh spot track here he's uh he's 29.8 that's what he is <laughs> okay. so I'm, I'm assuming that's I'm 29 point nine at this point <laughs> yeah, I'm that's 29 in eight months or something maybe i don't know but um i i i like i i kind of like the idea of klingberg though because while while a guy like Forbort doesn't really use his body that way, he still uses it pretty tough in the corners. Um, God, that guy can block shots. I, and I think the, I think the <laughs> the problem with Forbort for a lot of Bruins fans was when he was being played in a position he never should have been played in in the first place, and that is on a <clears throat> on a top pairing. Like, I'm sorry, no. Like that is not your place. You are a third pairing defenseman. You could fill in on a on a on a second pairing sparingly. That is it. That is you. So I can't blame Forbert for that. As soon as he got put onto that uh, third pairing and got some consistency, especially with Clifton down the stretch of the uh, regular season, there um, they they looked good. They ended up being the guys. I mean, Clifton again showed up in the playoffs. Where the hell is that during the regular season? But um, it's. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I, I think a guy like Klingberg could possibly maybe work with a guy like Forbort pretty decently because the Boston Bruins do like to go with that, you know, stay at home guy and then that puck mover. That's what they like to do. Uh, I wouldn't call Clifton much of a puck mover, but they had to work with what they had, and Clifton can turn it on offensively. That's for sure. Some of the goals I've seen him do, I'm like, Holy shite. What was that? <laughs> but um, where did that come from? But I think a guy like, you know, Klingberg there could fit in that sense. But you guys are also right. They need to add somebody who's going to give that give that snarl on the back and that McAvoy gives you. He's the only one who really gives it to you. Because like I said before, I mean, that guy should probably – be put in a gas chamber for what he does. I mean, yeah. Jesus, he he murders people like it's bad. It, it, well, it's good. I love it, but um, it, it's crazy. I don't want PK Subban. That, that guy, no thanks. Great guy off the ice, but playing wise, no. Like I said, Crystal Tang, he's not going to happen. Uh, would I love that to happen? Absolutely. I think every team in the NHL would like that, even though he's thirty five point one. You know, years age, but you know, it's. I don't. I don't get the. I mean, I. I think the points are like he, he just turned thirty five, so we'll give him a point one. Maybe he's like a month yeah. old. That, but I, I. I don't. I've never seen that before. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, that's why Cap Friendly and Buck BD are so much better than Sport Track. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Well, let's talk about this one, and then we'll do our mid-show break because I feel like that's uh, kind of where we're going with this. Uh, Don Sweeney um, has no contract as of right now uh, in the exit meetings and, and press conferences. Um, Cam Neely said that the deal would be done in short term, um, assuming, and, you know, a lot of Boston Bruins fans were saying that he's definitely coming back. But it's been a while since that, you know, since Don, uh, Cam Neely said that. So um, I'm wondering what the holdup is and why they said it in the first place, that it's going to get done quickly and it hasn't been done yet. Um, are they, I, I wonder if ownership is kind of questioning their, their thoughts now or is it just smoke and mirrors? Most of the time it's, it's with this Boston Bruins organization. You can't get much out of them. So I, I think it's kind of smoke and mirrors. But, Kevin, what are your thoughts on Cam Neely in general? I know that we're not all Sweeney haters and we're not all going to bash on him like like so many on Twitter. But, you know, wh- what are your thoughts about him coming back and how next season could be structured? It, does he have the cojones to freaking go for it for a guy like Patrice Bergeron? Well, firstly, I think – I think they're possibly messing with the Sweeney haters on this one. They're like, you know what? Yeah, let's draw this out. Let's like, let's let's make them think. You know, oh yeah, he's going to be canned. Let's make them think that. We'll give them their time in the spotlight. Uh, no, it, it'll be done probably after the maybe maybe during the finals, right after the finals, sometime around then. Because they, when does this contract end? Has it already ended? I uh, I think that they do the same thing. It's a uh, free agency kind of sort of so right around july 1st or or in this case the 13th is the actual nhl free agency this year so i think it's right, right around there yeah so they're probably not in any rush right now they got a lot going on they're probably working on some things they're like you're staying here we'll get the contract will be worked out it's no big deal you know sweeney's probably he knows he's got a big off season ahead of him he's got a you know, it's not a huge draft ahead of him because he doesn't have the first round pick to work with, but that, that second round pick could still be something. Um, so, you know, you gotta, and then I believe this Calgary's third as well. So you have to um, prepare for that. And that's another reason why I never th- saw him leaving was because I don't see them in a, in a period of time right now where they really need to try and hit as best as they can with their picks on uh, preferably a center, um, you know, because guys like Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, they were taken in the second round, so you never know. Um, you know, and you see it a lot nowadays. You, you really do. You see a lot of second-round talent really making noise. So um, it's it's definitely a good spot to still be at. So I think Sweeney's got to do well with that pick. Hopefully he does. But moving forward into the season, I definitely think Don Sweeney has the cojones to uh, make this work. I mean – Taylor Hall, let's be real. That was a layup. Um, Hall wanted to come here. He worked his way here for the most part. I think he definitely would have gone to maybe another team or two, but maybe they just weren't in on him. You know, like um, the the Islanders, they had already got Paul Mary. Maybe they would have been in on him um, if they didn't get Paul Mary. But, um, yeah, I, I think he can do it. And then he followed it up with Lindholm this year. I mean, that was a huge deal. Huge deal. I think it's a great deal. I mean, you're looking at – a single first round pick being gone and you still have your first round pick for this upcoming season. I think that's fan, uh, fantastic. So um, I'm very happy with that deal. Um, and the way it's going to be structured, I don't know. I mean, it looks like they're trying to, 
um, switch it up with the coaching a little bit. I'm not sure which route they're going to go. I don't know if they're going to change up um, the defensive style of play that the team goes. Or, well, I'm assuming so with Dean out of the picture. I'm assuming they're probably going to be looking to go a different route scheme-wise defensively, which I'm open to. I'm definitely open to it. I mean, it's been very successful, but maybe there's something there that can allow you to transition the puck a lot better, um, get that, um, you know, east to west, you know, going. But it's um, it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see how he goes about the offseason and how he – goes about within the season as well. So, Andrew? Yeah, I think pretty much aligned with what Ken was saying. I I, I didn't like Sweeney's first couple drafts. Um, you know, and I'm not going to need to go in and revisit everything there, but um, it, it feels like, and based on the opinions of those who have forgotten more about this game than I'll ever know, that the last couple drafts that Sweeney and his, you know, scouts have had have been, pretty damn strong you know it looks like you know they've got you know Lorai, Lizell, then we've got uh, Mast and Harrison looks like he could be could be something um, you know your friend Dom is pretty big on you know Mast and Harrison and I don't know that they're going to be tops you know top six guys or top two pairing guys uh, but I I have less issues with Sweeney on the draft where I have my issues with him and and I don't think he's afraid to make any deals I don't think he has one bit of fear of making those deals. My biggest problem with Sweeney is improper identification of, you know, unrestricted free agent targets, which we kind of touched on earlier when, you know, going out and signing, you know, the Bacchus, the Bolesky, you know, and then, you know, this year with Felino, I didn't have any problem with Nosek. I still don't really have a Nosek issue, but, you know, I think he's dropped the ball on some of those, those UFA signings and, I don't know. That's the only issue I have. And, you know, I wouldn't lose any sleep if Dale Talon walked in in his place tomorrow. That's who <laughs> I'd like. But, you know, I'll still take Sweeney. You know, I'll still be okay with Sweeney. I, my issues are more with the man who is on the jersey on the back here. And, uh, and I've got some issues with the gentleman who's behind the bench too. But we may discuss that down the road. We'll see. Right. Jason. I just thought there was never there was never any doubt that Sweeney was going to come back. Um, he's, I mean, who's out there really? You know, it's he he hasn't been a debacle. He's made some great trades. Charlie Coyle trade was awesome. Getting for Ryan Donato, you get into Lindholm. You know, he's made some awesome deadline acquisitions. You know, and my problems like Andrew is the free agent signings. And also being one year behind the problem every single year. It's like, all right, we need that right wing, that second line right wing for Krejci. Oh, right when Krejci leaves, we get a right wing. You know, <laughs> It's just every single time. Oh, we need a left shot defenseman. Oh, here we go. Here it is. Um, you know, there has been some good signings. I mean, I, I feel like I was like one of the top, like, uh, supporter of Eric Holla, <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, on Twitter and everything uh, before. I was like, you know, I'm seeing something here. I'm seeing something here, you know, the speed. And everyone was like, oh, he sucks. Uh, you know, that's just Twitter, you know. <laughs> but um, it was just never any doubt that he, you know, he was coming back. And the drafting has been better. You know, I feel like they got some guys out of the scouting department, um, and they made those changes. And they've been doing really well with their draft picks. They've changed the philosophy. They're not just – 
going after a guy that they really like. They're gonna they're gonna take the best available player, you know. Um, yep. So, real uh, quick, uh, real quick, going back to you know the talk of his drafting and stuff like that. You know, his most notorious one, twenty fifteen. We all know, blah blah blah. Should have picked him. Should have picked him. You know. I was right there, you know, in 2015 too, when I was watching him do it and I was waiting for him to say Kyle Connor. And I was waiting for him to say Mar- 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 uh, Matt Barzell. Shabbat wasn't on my radar. It was Zaboral, Barzell and Connor. That was my brain working. And I don't even, I don't even work for the team. And I kind of <laughs> had that going in my head, but I mean, it is what it is. They saw something in Seneshin. It was. It didn't pan out here. He could maybe have a chance elsewhere for it to work. But Jake DeBrusque, he's he's a good player. He is. He's a good damn player. Um, he just needs to work on being able to play a full season with that effort. That's just the one thing he's got to do. He's always been a guy who will play. You know, freaking. He'll take half the season off, and then he'll come in in the other half of the season. And he'll put up like twenty something goals, and you're like, dude, imagine if you did that all season. You'd be a forty goal scorer. Yeah. Like, no come on, dude. So he's a, he was a good pick, in my opinion. He just has to get together. But when you look at the rest of the picks, minus those three, it wasn't that bad of a draft. You got Brandon Carlo in that draft. Um, you got um, – and you also got uh, Jeremy Lozon in that draft. And you also got Daniel Vladar in that draft. I mean, people think that it was this huge bust, but – that's just because they didn't get Barzell and Connor and this and that. But another thing too, that people need to realize is that if you hit on, let's say you got Shabbat, this is what they wanted. Shabbat, Barzell and Connor. You think all three of them on your team? No, they're not. Sorry. You, you got enough well, money for it. Exactly. That's the key pot right now is like, you know, your, your cap management would be tough, real tough. Like, and one of the reasons why I think they got rid of Brian Donato is because of the, the bottlenecking that was going on in the organization. And they had to free somebody, somebody like him up to go in, into the trade for, for Coyle was because that, there was no room for him to even, uh, you know, a chance to negotiate a new contract the following year. So some of those uh, casualties have to happen. Uh, for me, I Sweeney's is going to get another deal. I can almost guarantee it. Um but it's going to be – I would consider this a short-leash type of deal. Like, if he signs a three-year contract, that's fine. But his make-or-break is this offseason, the draft, the offseason free agency, and obviously how the team plays, uh, hopefully getting into the playoffs next season. And if none of those – if he hits on none of them, I, I could honestly see him being fired. And not saying I want anybody to get fired or anything, but – Maybe that's the time to like get somebody else in that wasn't a player here, doesn't have the you know, um, uh, you know the the loyalty to Jeremy Jacobs like like so many people have that work in this organization. I think an outside voice and my guy is Mike Fuda. I don't know if you guys know Mike Fuda at all, but I actually had Mike scheduled in way before Sweeney, just because Mike was working with Dean Lombardi out in the with the LA Kings organization and. And, and those guys put in two Stanley Cup winning teams together just by drafting and so on. And I think Fuda is just one of those guys that really provides a, a certain need that this Boston Bruins team needs um, when 
looking at and evaluating younger talent and appropriately slotting them into uh, the NHL lineup. So uh, that that would be my guy, just to just to throw a name out there. Yeah, do you mind if I add something else? Um, Go ahead. Yeah, it's and I think back. Everyone always thinks back to 2015. It's just it's just a scar in the organization. What team has not had a bad draft? Just tell me that. What team? Every single team. There's a reason why teams go to the bottom of the league. It's because of bad drafting. Just name me one team that hasn't had a bad draft. I mean, how much did we know about Shabbat? How much do we know about this? I'm like, you know, when I watch the draft and everything, I'm not dumb. I don't know all these players. I'm a Bruins show. I'm like, yeah, they have to get Barzell. They have to get this. But – are we doing the scouting? Are we doing, you know, are we going through all this work? They saw something in these players, you know, and what's the percentage of picks turning out? You know, it's, that's why I just, I don't harp on that too much. People just are just so into that 2015 draft. Yeah, it happened. It sucked. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a gamble. <laughs> Oh, oh I like Jason's aggressiveness. We're gonna have him on. <laughs> it's just like it's crazy, man. It's just like, yeah, it's like there's bad drafts. It's like, you know, there's years, you know, that Euro Vakanana draft. How many great players came out of that draft, man? Yep. Like uh, you just Absolutely. think back, it's it's a crapshoot. <laughs> All right, we are at the uh one hour mark of the program, so we're gonna take our mid-show break and uh hear from the amazing Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Fantastic stuff, guys. I'm telling you, hand-signed Bruins items, photos, pucks, jerseys. We give a jersey away every month here on the Black Girl Hockey Podcast, and that comes from courtesy of Bruce Sullivan. So let's hear from Bruce, and we'll talk on the other side. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. On May 23rd, we hosted Bruins legend, 19-time All-Star, Raymond Bork. We have Bork jerseys starting at just 139, photos starting at 59, and pucks for 65. May 30th, we have Miracle on Ice hockey hero, Buzz Schneider. Get your Schneider jerseys, pucks, and photos starting at just $39. And on June 6th, we have the return of Bruins legend, Derek Sanderson, Stay tuned for autographed, inscribed, exclusive jerseys starting at $89. 8x10 photos for $34 and pucks for just $39. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, Bruins fans? We are back talking Boston Bruins hockey here on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 281, and we just heard from the amazing Bruce Sullivan. Like I said, and I sell every week, please go get some stuff from this guy. It's cheap. I mean... Hand-signed jerseys from current players and alumni players for, like, under $100. Sometimes a little over. It depends on the player. Like, Ray Bork, a jersey is only going to cost you $139 from Bruce Sullivan. But a player like Derek Sanderson, you can get a jersey for right around $80. So great stuff, uh, high-quality stuff, and always fully authenticated. 
and you're never going to get scammed from this guy. I would never put my word on somebody that's going to scam people. That's just not how we do things at the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. So regardless, we are back talking some uh, Boston Bruins hockey. That's why you're here, obviously, watching on the YouTube, listening on the freaking uh, on the uh, listening platforms. But we do have a little bit of breaking news right now coming from um, not going to say that. Nope, not going to give that station any any kudos but patrice bergeron has been rumored to have won his um fifth selkie trophy so that is awesome so now all he needs to do is come back for another year and win his sixth <laughs> thoughts on mr mr perfection uh winning the selkie trophy, which is awarded to the best uh two-way forward mr kevin o'keefe well deserved if he didn't win it i would have wanted every single person who was voting on this fired because he was clear clearly and above everybody else in the category this season and it is such a deserving win it's not even a um like a a a pity win or anything like that you know just so he can break it he deserved it and i'm so thrilled for him he probably should have six or seven andrew yeah, totally agree. I mean, we've been spoiled now for what 18, 18 years of minus, you know, a little bit of time off after that Jones concussion. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, we've been spoiled. You know, I keep reading stuff on Twitter and other where, you know, about the succession plan to Bergeron if he does retire. Well, what, how do you have a succession plan to one of the best, you know, all time two way hockey players? You just, he could give you the exact date 10 years ago when he's going to retire and you still may not be able to have a great succession plan to find a replacement for him. And he's just a tremendous hockey player and seems to be the, you know, a professional off the ice as well. So it's deserving. And as Kevin said, could have well have, have won it a couple more times. I actually think he should have won it a couple more times. That's my biased, uh, biased opinion. And Jason, what are your thoughts on Patrice uh, uh, getting his uh, record fifth salty trophy? What can you say? He's just. When are we going to rename the, the award? When are we going to do? Gonna it? Ask. Come on. <laughs> when are we going to do this? He's just like uh, he's the he's the perfect player. You know, he almost never makes a mistake. He's just they they have to they have to really look at renaming this award after him. Is he's just a great player? It's just it's an honor to. See, I mean, I'm 29. I'm, I grew up with Bergeron my whole life. You know, it's just it's it's just an honor to see him play. Absolutely, uh, it's it, it's so it's just so fitting to uh, for this time in his career to to receive this ultimate um, you know honor, and and it, it's just awesome to you know he's a Boston Bruin. He's a, just an, an absolute warrior and deserves it. And he's still producing as as much as this guy takes a beating on his body as an aging veteran. It's just amazing on how he comes back, his training methods and so on, and how he recovers and blah blah blah. I just I'm ready for him to come back. Tap the veins, Patrice Bergeron. Let's go, and uh, you know hopefully you know he can help orchestrate um, a lineup and and be the, that guidance factor or the leadership per se. Uh, to get uh, you know a, a championship next year, I'd love to see that, and, and that'd be a, an ultimate way of going out, you know. All right. With that being said, um, 
leadership kind of segues right in and guidance and so on. But um, it's uh, it's been ruined by me and uh, and a few others that I know in the uh, in the inner circles that Kevin Dean is leaving the Boston Bruins uh, organization and will not be an assistant coach or associate coach or whatever you want to call him. Um, it, now, there's two things that are going on here, two avenues. He either is leaving the team with one year remaining on his contract because he wants to go and pursue uh, other other things. That's that's good on him. Or the other one that we're hearing and, and I'm strongly hearing is he got fired. And that news has not been out yet. But uh, like I said, the uh, the inner circles that we work with and, and um, or that I work with, especially uh, around the Boston area and Providence area, I'm mentioning that he is gone. So, and I put the tweet out there um, because I, I I absolutely trust my source uh, on this one. And um, and this person also gave me the news about John Ferguson Jr. leaving uh, the Boston Bruins organization to go to the Arizona Coyotes. So um, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Kevin Dean has always been a really uh, class act when he was uh, the head coach down in Providence. I had, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing him. Uh, really good guy. But it seems like the writing was on the wall for him and the defense this year, which I kind of thought was, wasn't so bad as everybody kind of thought. But, um, you know, uh, somebody's got to take the fall. And unfortunately, I think that it's, it's that. And, and, and a lot of people are really gravitating to when, you know, much like a player, when you have to, you know, see the game from above. Uh, he did that, um, I believe, last season, went up on the ninth floor and viewed the game. And, and that was kind of like the writing on the wall for a lot of people. So um, thoughts on Kevin Dean leaving Kevin and, and who – would you like to see coming as a defensive coach? Because there's a lot of people just say coach is leaving. Let's get this person like Mark Savard and, and Rick Talkett and all this, you know, all this stuff. I and mean, they're all forwards. You need a guy that knows how to, you know, orchestrate uh, a back end and, and preferably those people are defensemen. So any thoughts uh, on somebody coming in from you, Kevin? Well, first off, I mean, the guy and I share the same first name, so uh, I, I like that. I like him, and I'm sad to see him gone. But uh, no, he was great with the with the defense. Um, I think he, I mean, as you can tell from what you saw on the ice, the defense was probably the best thing going for this team for not only this past season, but for many seasons in the past when he's been here. So it, to me, it seems like there had to have been some bad blood in there. Um, for this to really go down. Maybe it's mutual. Uh, I, I don't know, though, because I'm not in the room. I'm just speculating. But as far as someone to come in and replace him, I don't think it's going to happen. But, God, give me Zidane Chara to come in and do that. <laughs> that would be that'd be awesome. I mean, I hear a lot of people saying Adam McQuaid. Um, I, I, I don't think he's really fit for that, though. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm really not sure who they can bring in to make that work. I'm really not sure. Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the body of work, if you look at Dean, since he stepped behind the Bruins bench and the role that he is, was it's pretty undeniable. I mean, this team has never been accused of playing poor defense. And, you know, it's their structure that has kept them in more games than not. So, you know, definitely 
there's something has gone on internally and, in, you know, since the end of the season, um, I don't know, maybe after Neely mentioned the change of direction, he wanted things to go as far as, you know, maybe a little bit more offensively minded. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I have no inside information. I am the ultimate outsider, if anything, but, uh, you know, a fresh face with the first person I thought of was, was, was big Z as well too. Uh, but I, the other one I thought of was Adam McCoy, or uh, was Andrew Ferentz. I'm not sure if that's something he's, you know, a you know a real intelligent guy, not necessarily a superstar, but somebody who I could see has seen the game very well. But I, you know, I think he has so many external ventures that he's involved with that he's not. He has no interest maybe in getting into the game. But uh, it'd be pretty fun to see Z behind that bench again. That's for sure. Don't think it'll happen, but it'd be fun. <laughs> Jason. Oh uh, yeah, like like Andrew said, I'm not I'm not an insider. I, I would just love to see more of a vocal guy behind the bench, you know, uh, someone you know who has experience playing in the league, um, has been a proven winner, you know. That's it, it's always good to you know change things up once in a while, but it's also you know in a sense I think it's a message to Cassidy. You know, we have to change things up. You know, um, whatever we're doing right now, we're too conservative. You see in, you know, in the Carolina series, you know, their defensemen pinching, you know, getting in, scoring some goals, flexions, you know, um, it's just, it, it needed to happen. Unfortunately, I hate when guys lose their jobs because, you know, it's, it's the reality of the situation, you know, they're losing their jobs, but hopefully he lands back on his feet and hopefully we have someone, you know, with more attack mentality with that structured defense philosophy. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Well-deserved regardless. Um, and like I said, uh, yeah, the name should be changed to the Bergeron. That's for sure. All right. Um, uh, for me, I, I, I don't know if it – Dana Chara is interesting conversation. And just for the fun – and I, I, fun factor, you know, it, I'd hate to be the person to buy season tickets behind uh, the, the ice at TD Garden because I'd be like, guy – Sit down, <laughs> get out of my way, you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, he'd be the tallest coach in probably uh NHL history as well. But uh, no, I mean, the Adam McQuaid thing for me is probably something that could happen down the road. I, I, I just think it's way too soon for Adam to be in the uh the player development role right now. I think that maybe three or four more years of learning how the organization is on the other side, you know, away from the ice and so on, I think he gets more. Uh, involved, uh, he might, you know, get a get a role like that. But I don't see anything happening. Um, my friend Craig uh, Eagles uh, from up in the, uh, the the maritime area, and he's a fantastic writer. Mentioned something about uh, would Rick Bonus be a, a possible replacement? Uh, him not returning to the Dallas Stars for the next season. Um, he's probably you know wants to you know go into retirement, but that might be an option if he wants to step back a little bit from the coach from the head coaching role to to be a, an associate or uh an assistant so uh it's going to be interesting on who's going to come in and 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 work with cassidy or whoever's going to be the the coach because um you know if, if things are going to be changing most of the times it, it's a new gm is going to want a new coach and a new staff so anything could really happen um yeah that's all i got on that Unless do you guys else... foresee? Yeah. Do you guys foresee any more coaching changes on the staff, or do you think that's just it's one and done? I'm hearing I'm hearing Cassidy's 
um, his his spot is safe, but it's going to be a short leaf uh, short leash for his last season. Yeah, it's it's super weird that we haven't heard anything yet. I mean, I don't know yeah. if there's just still the same thing with Bergeron, you know, just trying to wait till the playoffs are over. But it's weird that we haven't, you know, seen or heard of anything yet. Right. Um, let's move on to uh, Fabian Lysel, one of our favorite uh, Boston Bruins prospects. Uh, Dom Tiano wrote a fantastic um, article uh, this weekend. And uh, he is a, a co-host here on the Black Girl Hockey Podcast. Can't wait for him to get back on with us, talk some bees hockey, of course. But he mentioned in the article that uh, Fabian Lysel is a one-and-done in the WHL, so a fantastic first rookie season coming over from Sweden uh, into North America. And I thought he adjusted his game really well. It's a work in progress, um, but it's one-and-done uh, with the uh, Vancouver Giants. And I believe he's going to be with the uh, Providence Bruins for a full season next year. And I think that that is what the path should be. Uh, let's properly develop this kid. Uh, let's not just throw him right into the into the fire. Um, you know, still young, still learning the smaller ranks and so on. Although I, I think he's got a pretty good idea of how to play in these uh, 200 by 85. But, uh, you know, he's a... <clears throat> that right wing that Jason was talking about earlier. This is the this is the, supposed to be the guy that's going to you know fill that spot. Uh, let's see if it happens. I'm not saying he's not going to get any NHL games or shouldn't uh, give him a if you want. That's fine, but I just don't think that the, the, the right thing to do is to insert him right into the lineup uh, in in early October. Uh, so Kevin, thoughts on um, on Lysel and 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 what he could provide to a, an AHL or NHL roster next season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't foresee him starting off the season with the Boston Bruins. And if he were to play for the Boston Bruins at any point, it'd probably be, you know, maybe some injuries popped up and LaSalle's playing very, very well down in the AHL. And uh, they decide to bring him up for a look. Um, and it, it would be up to him from there on how that look, what that look would turn into, of course. But um, he's such a such a overwhelming player to watch. I mean, he's he's got he's got he's got it all from the offense to being away from the puck. I mean, he's just he he's a talent, and the fact that he fell to us um, in this past draft is a miracle. Um, I, I love that they were able to pick him up. I think that he's going to do some great stuff in the AHL this season. Um, I'm not sure who he's going to line up with. Uh, I don't know if he'll be on that first line or that second line, maybe the second line to start, um, maybe even a third line, depending on how he comes out of camp, how he looks and stuff like that. But I'm so excited. And like you were saying, I don't think the uh, North American ice is really bothering him as we saw with his season there in the WHL. Fantastic player, and I'm so excited to see what he does um, with Providence this upcoming season. And and Andrew, um, as mentioned earlier, lives out on the west coast of Canada and has a opportunity to have seen Fabian Lysel play for the uh, Vancouver Giants uh, when he, they make uh, the uh, the trips up to play the Victoria Royals. Uh, so in those games that you did participate in or, or happen to watch on CHL Live, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the overall development of of Fabian Lysel and what he, he could offer to a uh, Boston Bruins NHL uh, roster. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I, the first game I saw him, I think it was his third game um, with the Giants. So he was relatively, you know, hadn't had much practice time, hadn't had a lot of time to assimilate to much, but he was still the best player on the ice. You could just see there was a few things that with over time he would work on. You know, he, when he had the puck, nobody could take it off him. When he didn't have the puck, he was not floating like you see a lot of 18-year-old kids do. They kind of get lost looking up into the stands and getting distracted, and he was he was not like that. And each game that I watched him up close and personal, he impressed me more and more every time. Clearly, he got stronger. He's, he's hit a little bit of a weight room. Um, he wasn't being pushed – pushed off the puck you know the the one thing early in the season if you sneezed he had a tendency to go down a little bit and that wasn't the case when he was leaned on as the year went on so he's clearly worked out in the you know he's got great lower you know center of gravity he sees the ice so well and and he can stop he's so fast and he can stop on a dime which is great but he can stop on a dime and spot somebody instantaneous where to give that puck up to and that you can't coach that. You just, you just can't. And, and he's got that thing that we sort of touched on earlier where he reminds me of, of a Brendan Gallagher as far as being willing to just stick his nose in anywhere. Sometimes it's, he needs to just sort of hold back a little bit because he's not a, not a big kid. But every time you see that pocket, you know, in the opposing goalies crease, he is right there. He is not a perimeter guy. I think Bruin fans need to understand he is not a pure sniper like a passer knock. At least I haven't seen that. He is a tremendous passer who has a good finish. Pasta is a sniper, sniper, sniper. This kid isn't. He, not yet, but, uh, you know, just bring him along easy. Give him some games up in the show this year. But I think anyone who's going to see him live down in Providence are going to have a blast watching this kid because he is fun. So, yeah. Absolutely. Great analysis. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for that, Jason. Your thoughts on the up and coming Fabian Lysel? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm the one word I just—he's just dynamic. You know what I mean? It's—he's dynamic. When he has the puck on his stick, it's just—he's he, going to make a play. You know what I mean? And I've seen it limited, you know, a limited amount of you know games this year, you know. But he just has the it factor, you know. And like you were saying, Andrew, he's not this pure passer next sniper but he could become that, but he, he's, he has it with his playmaking ability already. And what is he? 19, 20 years old. It's, he's just, I think he's the real deal. And it it's crazy how he fell so far for character issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'll take, yeah. I'll take a player like that all day. You know, um, I'm, I'm so excited. I want him to get a year in Providence. I'm not one of those proponents of, you know, we have to stick him up with the team now. I want him to develop. I want him to develop his shooting, his two-way game. And I want him to play big roles with Providence and put being put in positions where later on he'll be able to succeed at the big club. So I, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to see this guy. I just really can't. Uh, I have to subscribe to the AHL TV next year because it's it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I, I I often go down to Providence to cover the games as a media member. So I, I'm I, hopefully this year we we step away from the damn Zoom. I cannot, you know, <laughs> hey, I'll do anything for an interview if it's Zoom. That's fine and everything, but I want to get back into more personable interviews. Like when I, you know talking to Jay Leach, the former coach of the Providence Bruins. 
it just being there, you know, you, you don't get a real sense of what they're trying to say when you're staring at a screen. You, you want to see the body language. You want to see this and that. And and that, that's what makes interviews really good, you know, like talking to Jackson Nika and 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 then and um, Oscar Steen and all these all these types of players. I just want to get back into it. It sucks when you're standing when you're sitting in the press box and you, you got your computer open and you're waiting for the link to come up for the uh, for an interview with uh, head coach Ryan Mujanel, who's a fantastic interview, by the way, and, and it just a boatload of knowledge. But still, it's just you want that. You want that feeling of getting back to normalcy? Well, put do it in sports too, you know. So I don't know. Um, where do we go from here? I'm I'm kind of out of things <laughs> to talk about on my end. I know we do have some hashtag Ask B and G's that we're going to get caught up on. So if that's something you guys want to do, or if you guys have uh, some topics that you want to touch on, we got about a uh, half hour left. So. Let's jump right into the B and G's. In my opinion, I mean, unless you guys do have something that you guys want to talk about, uh, I mean, as as someone who doesn't watch Providence a whole lot, you know, I usually go to you, Mark, for you know updates on stuff. Who do you see breaking through um, from the Providence Bruins, other than like Oscar Steen? Oh, jeez. Um... I don't know. Um, I, I want to see Beecher take a bigger step this upcoming season. Uh, I know he was, he was uh, on an ATO. Uh, he just signed his entry level deal, which goes into effect next year. So I thought he had some good and some bad games in the, in the small sample size that he played for Providence towards the end of this, um, this regular season and uh, into the playoffs, which they got swept uh, in the first round, which absolutely sucked. Uh, but injuries, injuries were so bad on that team. It's tough for Mujinel to get any any traction when you don't have your your top players around because of uh, like I said injuries. But um, I, I I think Victor Berglund. I want to see him take a, another step up on the blue line. I think he's got good. He's got a nasty shot, an absolute howitzer. Um, you know, comes back. He's got really good vision. Uh, uh, moving along laterally on the blue line, scoping out. Reminds me of Tory Krug on the power play a lot. Um, but hopefully he shoots more. Uh, and like I said before, he's getting uh, much better um, with his penalties and so on and really adjusting to the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really don't have much to say on, on, on Providence because there's a lot of things that are going on. The minor pro uh, rosters are so, like, mismatched. It's not like the NHL. It's, uh, you know, we don't even know if Cameron Hughes is coming back, so I really can't say if – if he's going to make a bigger jump, because he's another great two-way forward, not Selkie type like Bergeron or anything like that, but you know he complements a good uh, roster for uh, the Boston Bruins minor pro affiliate. So it's it's going to be. I, I would want to say I want to see Beecher. I want to see him pick it up. I want to see him get more aggressive, more goal scoring than he did in the NCAA. And obviously, hopefully, he stays healthy. You know. How is right. that Merkulov kid? Merkulov. Oh, Merkulov. yes, Merkulov? yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Merkulov. Merkulov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I got to yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dom does it really good. Um, no, he's he's good. Um, I like his game, but I want to see him get better away from the puck. Everybody talks about and, and pumps his tires when he has the puck, 
let's I want to see him his two way game needs to be much, much better for 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 me to say that uh, he's going to warrant a call up, even if an injury happens or, or he deserves it. I just think that his all around game has to come around. And I think that that will happen with the full season again next season with um, with Providence. You know, the guy came in on ATO right out of Ohio State after his freshman year, which I thought was amazing. Signs an entry level deal. Plays with Providence, gets some points, does some good things. Uh, he's fast. I mean, it, it's a work in progress, of course, but you know, it remains to be seen where he's gonna, you know, fit in the mold of the NHL roster. But there's still a lot of good things that can come from him. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. All right, let's tee up some of these hashtag AskBNGs and get this done. That's the FBI over my house right now. <laughs> All right, again. Let's again, yeah, it's funny. I got on my on my on my Wi-Fi. There's an FBI van somewhere close. I, oh wow! I no, They're it's not for you, man. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hide all that incriminating stuff. All right, this is the first one. This is from Jimmy Mazzy. I uh, appreciate that you included me in this, my friend. At the moment, all I got is Jakob Lauko. Kid has some good tools. Bad luck with injury setbacks. Surprised he didn't get a look this year. What does the future hold for this kid? Ooh. Who wants to take this one before I do? Um, I'm not as high on Lauko as I once was. I think, I think his injuries is making it virtually impossible for him to make the next step. And I'm not really sure if he's going to be able to make it. Um, I still kind of have like a, a hope that he could become a speedy third liner in the NHL, but I'm just not sure if that's going to happen at this point. Andrew. Yeah. Well, again, I don't have the access that you guys do to the province games, but I, you know, I, you know, I follow at Bruins network on Twitter there and he seems to, see quite a bit in you guys and I don't know it hasn't doesn't sound like Lauko has earned a call up you know this you know it, you know he shows promises here and there I mean I did see him in a preseason game a couple of years ago and he's quick I love the fact that he'll drop the mitts you know he's not afraid to to drop the mitts but I mean the kid just he can't stay healthy and I don't know I mean would it be nice to see him up with the big club I don't know I guess so but is he just going to be a you know brittle and be out every third game he gets injured. If he can't stay healthy at the AHL level, what's going to happen when he gets to the to the NHL level? So as far as him not getting a look this year, being called up, I, everything I read it didn't sound as though he deserved a call up. So you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about him other than what I've read on a couple sites and stuff. So absolutely, Jason. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I was I was very high on him early on. You know uh, when he his first year out this uh, in camp, they were talking about just the blazing speed that he had. But I feel like he's just playing outside of his game, man. It's um, he's a smaller guy, and he's going in. He's he's going in for big hits. He's going in and fighting. I appreciate that. That's awesome. You're sticking up your teammates, everything like that. But you're playing outside of what your body can actually do, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's I, I feel like that's the big thing with him. Um, I feel like he he. I agree with Kevin. I mean, he could be a third-line guy, but he has to play within his game. He needs to stop trying to be someone who he's not. You know, um, 
I'm hoping he gets a full season, you know, down in Providence and, you know, he actually takes a step up, but it's, uh, it's not looking promising for him with all these injuries. I mean, he just has to stay within himself. And if I'm not mistaken, he is an RFA and that needs a contract. So this would be an interesting off season for, um, for the Boston Bruins and to, for them to gauge where Jakob's going to be uh, for the, for the next year. I mean, they do have some negotiation with the uh, restricted uh, free agent um, tag and so on. Um, you know, if you're going to take a, a chance on uh, a versatile forward like Yuna Kapanen and sign him for an extra year, I think this is a, a, a probably a good idea to get him involved in a one more year, gauge where he is from there, and then and then just you know if it's not working out, he might have a, a better opportunity elsewhere in the NHL or uh, returning home overseas to play in his pro league. So, I mean, it remains to be seen. I, I really like the player he's got some offensive capabilities and he's got some grit and i like that but i also just don't want him to be that type of player like oh well obviously my offensive uh skills are not going to get me a call up or nhl time right now maybe i should be doing different things to get noticed like you know fighting and so on dropping the gloves and you know i like sticking up for other other teammates i'm a big fan of that you know uh but that's also not a great thing to be doing when you're constantly injured and so on. You know, you're just going to be possibly injuring yourself. So uh, who knows? Uh, hopefully he comes back and just kind of, you know, shows everybody up and, and, you know, becomes that, you know, we could pump his tires again as, as, as Bruins nation once did when he, when he first got to the organization. So, all right. The next one is, from Joe Trevia, he is a blackandgoldhockey.com writer, a new guy. We uh, love having Joe aboard. He says, where do you stand on the trade Marchand debate? Do it or rough take? Yeah, it's a rough take. Absolutely rough take. Um, yep. No. Don't, you do not want to get rid of a player that is legitimately, I would say, one of the top three in the league on the left side. And it continues to, to produce and so on, uh, regardless of his hip injury. I think that, you know, obviously it's going to take time to heal. He might miss a little time as well as the three defensemen we talked about earlier. But I, you, you can't get rid of a guy like that uh, on your lineup. And no, I, I don't see that. And that was a terrible take, not even a bad take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kevin. if Bergeron, if Bergeron stays, you're not trading him. If Bergeron leaves, you're not trading him. Yeah. I mean, you you want to bring in this next wave of players. Who the hell is going to lead them? Exactly. I mean, McAvoy, yeah, maybe he is supposed to be the next captain of this team and, you know, so so on and so forth. But you still need a guy like Brad Marchand there to help usher people in, to be a voice. You know, you still need that. I mean, and he's still playing – at a fantastic level and you know the whole getting a boat for him now i don't know if that's going to work out with double hip surgery so yeah i mean it's just a no-go for me andrew <laughs> yeah that rough take that wasn't that's an understatement it was a, it's uh yeah I, he brings so much to the table and you know, every time that you're about to see development camp start up and you know you watch that behind the b stuff and there's Marchand in the workroom, you know, workout room. 
know, showing these 18, 19 year old kids, you know, how one not only gets to the NHL, but how one stays in the NHL. And, 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 you know, you don't have enough guys like that, you know, in, in an organization. He still produced. I mean, look what he did in the playoffs with what we're finding out now, two hip surgeries, two, you know, surgeries on both hips. And, and look what he did in that seven game series. You know, it's, I've called in from, from sneezing more than, you know, called in sick to work from sneezing. And this guy's going out there putting it on the line with two hips that are going to require a surgery. So, yeah, no, that's that's a rough take times a thousand there. That's not, that, you know, hard, hard pass for sure. All right, Jason, let's hear it. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> rough take. You'd, even if, like, the worst case scenario, you know, Bergeron retires, your team is still going to be in contention for a playoff spot. I mean, you, the team is too good. You you really have to suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bottom of the league, you know, to, to get down there. It's Marshawn is just amazing. His worth ethic um, and changing his game, you know, it's uh, just being someone who just gets in there and teaches the young guys how you're supposed to play. You know what I mean now? Um, and also just what goes in. To it to be an NHL player and just improving year after year. It amazes me the new heights that he takes. You know, it's and when it comes down, you know, in playoff time, he's always there. Absolutely. And we'll segue right into this one for Jason. Jason from Florida. I know that guy. Yeah, he says, thanks. <laughs> thanks for including me, Mark. Are there any prospects that you see challenging for a spot in the lineup next year? I know we talked about it earlier. Um you know, I, um, yeah, I could, I could see like Beecher probably getting a taste if he's playing well, but only if he's playing well. That's all. But I just didn't want to leave you out on the hashtag #BNG. <laughs> it feels great to be included, Mike. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm a man of the people. Uh, there you Let's go. fucking go. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Anybody, uh, uh, Kevin, anything that you want to see, like, uh, down in Providence, take that extra step in the NHL? Um, I mean, yeah, Beach is a good one. Um, I want to see Steen make another step forward and maybe be able to grasp a spot there. Um, I, I do like that Berglund kid. Um, I, I, I'd like to see him maybe, maybe not get a look, but take a step forward down there. Um, I'm. I mean, obviously, like anyone, you'd you'd love to see LaSalle just break out and come up. You would love to see that, but I think realistically, right. uh, Steen and Beecher for me. All right, Andrew. Yeah, uh, I mean, Beecher intrigues me. You know, somebody that size that, from everything I read and the little clips I see, I mean, he's just that size, so quick. I think he has, and you guys would be able to answer this. I think he has better hands than what the stats show. I think he can, he can contribute a little bit more offensively than what we may see on hockey DB or whatever. And, uh, you know, you know, I'd like to see him just selfishly because I'd like to see a nice big, it's, and it seems like he plays with a little bit of nasty in his game. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what this team needs. We need, we, I'm so tired. Like no six, a nice guy. <laughs> that's the problem. He's a nice guy, you know? And, and I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be at all shocked if Lysel, breaks camp with this team, plays two or three games, and then he gets sent down to Providence. It would not shock me at all that they give him an early taste 
because I think in the early part of the season, teams are still playing kind of loosey. It's no, no one's running tight, tight systems. And that gives him a little bit of a, a taste. And then he goes down to Providence and, uh, but he's, yeah, he, he's definitely the one I think we all want to see because he's, he's going to be fine. David Passon did the same thing when he came in the NHL played yeah, 12 exactly. games and, and didn't produce a point and so on. And then went down to Providence. He came back a, a, a better player, not to what he is today, but, you could see that he was starting to transition into a better rounded uh, North American style game when he did, you know, go down and, and it, it makes you work, you know? Uh, and, and Jason, is there anybody that sticks out to you that you want to see make the jump and, and answer your own question? Uh, the, the person that comes to mind is his feature. I feel like, I feel like he can take it to the next step. You know, he has the size and I've just always heard about his speed. I mean, he's a responsible two-way player. Um, I'm hoping that he'd be able to make the jump. I, I always just take, you know, when we were talking about Lizelle before, you know, I always take that old school, you know, Detroit Red, Wing, Red Wings um, approach, you know, just let them sit in the minors, man. It's, uh, But I'm not adverse to what Andrew said. I mean, just give him a one, two-game sample size and seeing what he can do. But I'm just I'm scared of just, you know, bringing a guy up too early. You know, it's I I like that. I like them to marinate in the the minors for a little bit. Um, I'm getting excited from what you say, Mark, about Berkland. Um, He seems like he's a bigger player and he's really seems like he's finally like starting to hit his stride. You know, you were talking about how he um, was was a little rough adjusting to the, the game at first. But I'm hoping, you know, one of these later on picks really turn out for us. So absolutely. All right, the next one we have is Tyler. That's it. He says, hashtag ask BNG, why isn't Cheever's number retired? Two Cups, Hall of Fame, Beast, Coach, Scout, etc., and most famous mask in sports. Thank you, Tyler. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. It's, uh, you know, the guy's got two cups and so on, and more – most of the time, it's that Stanley Cup success that gets you uh, raised up to the Raptors, but also tenure. You know, uh, the, the guy played um, a long time for the Boston Bruins, left for the WHA, came back to the Boston Bruins and did all that stuff. But um, I just don't know why uh, they don't do something like that. Um, very strange, in my opinion. Kevin? I agree. It's weird. I don't understand why he's not up there. I mean, there. I don't think there's a single goaltender up there. Am I correct? Yeah. So no. I mean, no goalies. I mean, he should be the one. That we get no respect. <laughs> what about Tuca? <laughs> I'd put him up yeah, there. Well, I definitely would. I would too. I would too. Just to piss off this fan base. <laughs> yeah. Right. They'd they'd go nuclear. <laughs> Uh, thoughts on anybody else uh, on this? <laughs> I don't know. I think as long as Harry Sinnon is even part of this organization and no matter what capacity, he's got to have something to do with Cheevers not being in the rafters. You know, I don't know. I don't oh. I never yeah, something he, he, he has to have something to do with this. <laughs> All right. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one. Uh, I Hopefully I'm doing this right. Yes. Brian L. is a pretty good Twitter follower. Uh, if Bergie retires, God, I hope not. 
who should the bees go out and get that's good enough for the top c spot or should they be in a player already in the organization that the already already in the organization is a, a no because we do not see that at all right now in the developing depths of um you know this this boston bruins team but uh you know i'm I know it's going to cost a lot. It's going to—I mean, it's going to be a boatload. But I like the idea of Shifley. I really do. But he's got three more years under contract, so that's going to be a ton. You're going to give up a lot of uh, a first-round draft pick, if not two, just to entertain that. I like that idea. I mean, I like the Andrew Cop idea too, to see you know if that's going to happen if the Rangers decide not to retain him and he becomes a free agent. I don't know. It's just. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, and I'm just really intrigued about how they they put the pieces together to, to get back um, to the winning ways. Yeah, for me, it's Pierre-Luc Dubois, if I'm giving up a boat. Um, younger, um, more upside. I think, uh, I mean, he could probably play first-line center right now, but he's more of a second-line center. But he's young, 23, I believe, so he's someone that you can still – continue to develop and um he, he would be um a big body good player to come in and um take over a part of that top six andrew um yeah dubois yes. for me as well too it's yeah dubois for sure uh i like shifley i don't think he plays enough plays strong enough in his own zone um and i don't think dubois is going to be a candidate for a selkie anytime soon but uh but again, Dubois brings something that this team desperately lacks. He brings grit, and he's gonna—he's—he can play nasty too, and he's gonna put up points, just some points. But big body, he'll bang with you. He's not gonna get pushed around. He's not gonna be okay with watching a teammate get pushed around. And that's this team needs a whole systematic attitude change when it comes to that. Because right now, nobody is afraid to walk into the TD Center to play the Boston Bruins, and that's. It's tough to watch some nights. So I, I'm a, I'm right on, I'm all in on Dubois for sure. And Jason. Dubois. <laughs> nice. It's um yeah, it's he's the guy I really want. He you know, he plays a hard game, score goals, sticks up for the teammates. Um, he's young. Um, I'm just a big proponent of getting younger. Uh, I'm not into these 29, 30, 31 year old signings or trades. Um I, I want a younger guy who can bring this into, you know, help facilitate, you know, the transition after Bergeron's gone. Um, a guy like that. And like I mentioned, you know, on a lesser note, like Dylan Strom, like we said before, um, those younger guys who have the potential. Yep. Yeah. If you want to compete, though, and Dubois off the table, I definitely would take Shifley, though, because, I mean, if you want to compete and you want to continue – you know, pushing for a you know the playoffs or a cup or anything like that, you're gonna need quality players in that top six, especially at center. And if Bergeron's gone, you got Coyle and Halla. So bringing in a guy like Shifley, if that's you know the next option, I'm totally okay with that too. It'd be a three year thing <clears throat> at most, where I mean at least where you can um, you know try to draft that next guy. Absolutely. Moving on to the next one. This is from the Den Mama. Uh, do you see any pending contract surprises coming for any specific Providence Bruins players? Um, 
I know I mentioned it earlier. I think Cameron Hughes is probably going to get another deal. Um, Jakob Lauko is probably going to get another another deal and, and further looks. Um, you know, but that all remains to be seen. It's just so weird that the minor pro depths that just they fluctuate so much. We really don't know what's going on, uh, particularly with free agency coming up and so on, because free agents do get signed uh, into the American Hockey League as well. So um, I don't know. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have much on it um, because, like you said, free agency, you know, it's coming up. It hasn't really happened yet. I don't really have much thought into it, to be honest. Um, I'm going to stick with what you said <laughs> to take okay. the easy way out. <laughs> uh, no no worries. No worries. Andrew? <laughs> I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm with Kevin on that. I just I don't have enough access, like I said, to the Providence. I, I know the Bruins, have, they have a lot of open contracts, though, right? Like they have a lot of room as far as that goes, so – so that's good. It's nice to have that flexibility. Who they they'll, they'll wind up using it on? Probably who you said, and I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, as the summer progresses here. So. All right, Jason. I'm going to take the easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, this is where we see Jack Edwards hat trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I'd like to see um, Lago come back another year. Um, Usually this is like the time where, you know, the, that older veteran, you know, minor league player like um, Kenny Agostino and players like that who rip it up in the AHL, that's when they usually leave um, those type of players. But I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. The last one from the hashtag Ashby and G's is I saved this one for the last why do you believe Don Sweeney is still the GM? I know it's not for his ability to draft talent. Hashtag ask BNG. I don't know. The Sweeney haters are few and far between, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that one is a tough one to listen uh, to, to, to talk about because nobody's nobody in this fan base is going up to uh, Warrior Ice Arena and and booting him out of his high chair and and doing the job for themselves. So until that happens, just people are gonna keep bitching about him and you know and him orchestrating this this uh, this Boston Bruins team. So I got nothing on it. Probably gonna be a very quick one. <laughs> the draft, his drafting isn't like I. I mean, I was saying during the break, his drafting really isn't as bad as people want to think it is. Um, you know, just because he hasn't drafted a superstar in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round of every single, you know, every single draft year that he's been here doesn't mean he's bad. Um, I know I'll probably catch flack for that because we're not saying that. Okay, we get it. But it's like, chill out. You got your McAvoy. You got your Carlo. You got your Swayman. Um, you know, Frederick may not be the best first pick, you know, that he could have done, but you know, he's got some NHL time. You got Steen who's coming up. He's got, um, you know, he just got LaSalle for you who, yeah, he hasn't played an NHL game yet, but he, I, I'm 99.9% sure he's going to be pretty damn awesome in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Mason Lorai is another one. I I'm about 92.9% sure that he's going to be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it was a pretty weird freaking number there, but uh, you know, I'm getting that off a of spot track. But it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't see it being as bad as people think it is. And people need to just relax. We need to spend getting 
better as he's gone on as far as, you know, everything goes and just get over it and see what he does next year. He's been doing pretty damn good. Here. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Hang on. I got to snap a picture of this freaking squirrel tackling this freaking pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things I see when I'm recording outside is amazing. Like a couple weeks ago, Kevin saw a coyote out back. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, that was wild. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. That is it for the hashtag Ask BNGs. We truly appreciate everybody uh, contributing some questions. Uh, please get involved in those. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if we post anything. If you feel like you have a, a question that we could possibly answer, uh, please use that hashtag Ask BNG to be eligible because I – it helps us keep track of everything. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we get them all read and, um, and you know, the good ones at least. But, uh, uh, Kevin, you wanted to say something before we uh, take off here? Yeah, the uh, Boston Celtics are in the NBA Finals, and uh, tonight they will be playing Game 2 against the Warriors in San Fran. Uh, it looks like Jason is a big Celtics fan, <laughs> fan here. But, um, yeah, yeah. Typically, we stick to hockey, but, you know, this is a big deal for the city of Boston. And here we here at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast would love to, uh, you know, just wish them a lot of luck moving forward in the NBA Finals, which they are up one one to nothing right now, which is fantastic. Um, and congratulations on the Eastern Conference um, win there. Um, I don't know what the title is called. I, I'm not much of a basketball guy, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it is. But I, I definitely want to uh, wanted to say something for the Celtics and uh, – Go Celtics! Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to our uh, TD Garden neighbors. They help pay the rent as well. So uh, hopefully they, they bring home a championship and get the duck boats ready for some uh, some some green to be uh, throughout the streets uh, in Boston. Well, it is that time. We're getting close to the end here, but I do want to talk about our Patreon campaign that we we have going on. Um, if you go to black uh, patreon.com slash black and go hockey podcast, donate $1. You get involved and eligible to win weekly prizes and monthly hand signed Jersey giveaways. And uh, mostly we give the Jersey away from uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston sports and music memorabilia. Um, I just sent one up to the Maritimes up in new Brunswick to Mark McDonald uh, from Bruins for life in the, uh, in the Facebook groups. And also, I sent one to Marlene Daniels out in New York most recently. So, thank you very much to everybody that's that's um, financially, um, you know, supported us. And uh, the idea is to take half of your dollar, pay the bills here at the sports media company, and the other half is to roll into more prizes for you guys to win. So, please get involved. We ship everywhere. And with that being said, that's going to be it for us. I want to thank, uh, of course, uh, Kevin O'Keefe for joining the program uh, as, as the co-host here every week. And uh, I want to say thank you to uh, Andrew Petrican, Petrican, uh, and also uh, Jason Brennan for uh, joining us today. This was a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate the time. And uh, it's, it's going to be a long off season, so I really hope we have the opportunity to sit down again and talk some more, uh, maybe um, after free agency or maybe even after the draft might something set something up um but you guys are always welcome to participate if you if you would like to yeah for sure thanks so much it was great 
Yeah, it was, it was awesome. great having you guys on. A lot of yeah. fun. Natural. Natural. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I love talking yeah. hockey. So it's, yeah. uh, it's what I live for, you know, so anytime. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the. I love when we were setting this all. I haven't never done this before, and I'm like, okay. But, no, you guys did a great, fantastic job, really on the ball. And, and uh, you know, audio and video were all great. So you made That's it awesome. for a really good podcast, and, and thanks again for joining us. So um, with that being said, this is episode – 281 in the books and um we look forward to coming back to um possibly getting back onto a thursday recording maybe don will join us hopefully that happens because i know he's got a lot of things to say as well um and he's been writing a lot of fantastic articles lately about the prospects and and about uh the boston bruins organization so let's we need to get him back on to pick that brain but with that being said i'm the host mark Oliver. that's kevin o'keefe that's jason and that is oh that is uh, Andrew. We are the Black Go Hockey Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>